to another episode of Mai Stories of Kamaaina who have made the journey back home. This is the story of Steve Auerbach and his roundabout journey into tech that includes a tale of a tablet device that came so close to launching, as well as how he made his way back to Hawaii. I grew up in New Valley, so my family, my mom was uh, legacy Kauai, and then I was born and raised and grew up in New Valley and was uh, raised into the public school system. So I actually started at Anaheina Elementary School. <laughs> After Anaheina, I then went to New, New Valley uh, Intermediate, went on to Kalani High School. Spent four years at Kalani and uh, 1980 graduate of Kalani. You guys can do the math and figure out my age now. <laughs> but uh, after Kalani High School, I didn't know what I wanted to get into. And so I went to community college. I went to Kapiolani Community College for a couple of years, a uh, year and a half. was thinking electrical work. I was thinking to be a, a U.S. postal worker. But I always had an affinity for technology. So something drew me to an ad. IBM was doing uh, recruitment for interns. Uh, it was called the IBM Collegiate Rep Program. So I transferred to Manoa and got into that internship program my junior year at Manoa. Worked for two years as an intern with IBM selling. Back then it was the PS2 uh, lineup with microchannel architecture. Personal computers were just starting to take foot. I mainly repped the bookstore, anywhere else you could buy IBM products Mm -hmm. here on Oahu. And that was really the bug that got me into tech. So did that for the two years, and then after, uh, actually during that two-year period, I also got an opportunity to um, go study abroad and out abroad. Study study locally was called international. It was called a local exchange program. Uh, so I went to University of Oregon, and somebody from Oregon came to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I did my I think it was my junior year at, in Oregon. And then came back to Hawaii and finished the uh, internship program with IBM. Uh, graduated uh, with my undergraduate degree. And at the time, I was thinking, gee, technology is not really happening here in Hawaii. IBM, there was, uh, they were going through some layoffs, uh, so it wasn't a career opportunity there. So I took a job in insurance, which was a wild. I thought, hey, this is a pretty interesting career field, but it was a claims adjuster. What was and your degree? I had a bachelor's in communication. So I took a job uh, and responded to an ad. Back then, jobs were through the classified. In newspapers, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I responded to an ad. It was called Management Training at Liberty Mutual Insurance huh. of Hawaii. So I applied to that. They sent me to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You know, local boy going to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I spent, I think it was two months in Pittsburgh. I had an affinity for the Pittsburgh Steelers because got to go to a couple of the football games uh, while I was there. Came back and did that for three years and had every kind of experience that made me realize that, you know what, I do not want to do insurance for a career. <laughs> so I went back to graduate school and got my uh, master's uh, from University of Hawaii. I worked while I pursued that master's degree. I took the last year off just to focus on my thesis and I ended up doing my thesis on the impact of technology on corporate training. So back then, corporate training was more of books, manuals, text. It wasn't automated. And so I was looking at what kind of impact technology would have on corporate learning here in Hawaii. Anyway, I did the thesis. Uh, I really enjoyed that ride. But that then helped continue my quest to learn more about technology. And and at that point, I made the decision I want to work in tech. Not a lot of tech, like I said, going on in Hawaii. IBM was laying off. There weren't not much of a startup scene here in Hawaii. And right about that same time, I got married. And part of our vision as a couple was 
we want to raise our family and have one person stay at home. And we realized that in Hawaii, it's not going to happen, right? No tech jobs. One person's not going to stay at home. I had spent some time in Oregon. My wife was uh, had spent some time in Oregon. So we said, let's go set up roots in Oregon. So we moved to a place called Beaverton, Oregon. And I took a job with a software retail shop. Graduate degree in hand, thinking uh, that I could work for an IBM or, or the likes. And I ended up spending a year and a half working selling software. And an interesting story, while I was working that retail store, a college classmate from University of Oregon walked in the store and he had just spent the last 12 months working for a startup. In the PC industry back then it was Packard Bell, IBM, and Leading Technology. But just so happened in Beaverton, Oregon, the headquarters of Leading Technology was in, this is where my friend, college friend, was working. He said, you gotta go check this out. And so I ended up applying there, got the job, and spent three years at Leading Technology. Leading Technology folded. Uh, right about that time, they were starting to fold. I got laid off. The next month, I got a job with Sprint, uh, and Sprint was starting to go after tech, voice, video, and data. And so I took a job setting up the Portland, Oregon office to go after voice, video, and data, selling enterprise and commercial solutions. Did that for three years, I believe it was, and then realized, you know what, this is not the best career for me. I don't like doing sales. It was a good entry point from a career standpoint. And I picked up the classified again and I found a job at Hewlett Packard in Corvallis, Oregon. And I never knew what Corvallis, Oregon. I'd driven by, never knew it was a large community, uh, more of a tech community. I actually got into Hewlett Packard because of my thesis. So I was hired at Hewlett Packard. They were intrigued around corporate training. About then it was in, in August, I mean, uh, May of 94 is when I got hired. But they were looking at rapid growth. The Corvallis facility was manufacturing the inkjet cartridges for all of your personal, your personal uh, printers. And when I had started in 94, there were th- about 1,500 employees. And they had growth plans for the next three years mm-hmm. to grow it from 1,500 to 7,000. That area is very agriculture. It was zoned for tech as well. And so we built out, uh, when I was there, there were three buildings. When I ended leaving Corvallis, we had 10 buildings, 7,000 employees. We couldn't hire folks fast enough, so what we ended up doing is bringing them right out of high school. Wow. And we would actually hire them out of high school. They were production. Back then, most of the production was done here in the United States. It wasn't done, done overseas. And so we had process technicians. We had line engineers. And we'd get them right out of high school. But my job was to then train them working with the community college and the four-year university. They had Lynn Benton Community College and Oregon State University. And so we had partnership, Hewlett Packard, with those two institutions. And while the, stu- the uh, employees were working, they were also learning, uh, learning and growing in their degree. And so they'd work typically, uh, we were, it, production was running uh, 724. And so the s- students and employees that were working till 2 o'clock, they'd go to class in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no online learning at the time. We were trying to develop that. Uh, for our employee population. And so my main goal was to get uh, those high school graduates two-year and or four-year degrees. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did that for about six years. And then uh, HP was great because they had these what they called rotation opportunities. I was able to rotate into a uh, marketing opportunity, uh, managing all the marketing for North America. And that lasted three years. And then I was asked to rotate into a sales. So I'm back in sales again. (laughs) But this was a fun opportunity because it was running sales for North America. And so I had a sales team and we called on the Best Buys, the Office Depots, the Staples, anywhere you could buy Hewlett Packard uh, consumer products, both Mm -hmm. computers, printers, anything 
consumer related, any of the retail stores my organization supported. Did that for about eight years and then had the opportunity to move into a business unit. And that was the thing that was great about HP is very much invested in the succession planning and development of their employees. And so I had a lot of resources to continue my learning and growing and developing uh, on the job as well as classroom-based. And so I was given a P&L, profit and loss, responsibility to manage a $350 million business. Back then it was early 2000s and it was an accessories uh, business. And so any computer or printer that you bought, typically a cable or a wireless, many of the printers back then didn't have wireless capabilities built into it. So you had to buy a th- a third, uh, an accessory, a dongle. Mm-hmm. And so my organization did everything from the R&D, the marketing, uh, the go-to-market for accessories for the computers and the printers for Hewlett Packard. Global business, $350 million business, grew up to about $480 million. And then HP started getting headwinds. So the Hmm. proliferation of mobile uh, started to take off. And so I was asked to look at what ways to drive innovation within Hewlett Packard. So we started to lose our edge in being able to innovate. So this is about 2007, 2008. And so we're looking at ways to drive agile processes, agile software development, agile um, innovation. HP didn't subscribe to design thinking uh, at the time. We were more in the agile process, but we looked at the lean startup methodology. And so my group, small group that I was responsible for was responsible for looking at incubating new businesses within HP that are adjacent to the core franchise. So HP's core franchise, printing, computing, 3D printing, we had large printing presses. So I was more focused on the consumer side. How do we drive different web-enabled services that are adjacent to our printing franchise? And so we started looking at uh, the consumption. You know, many of our inkjet printers back then were go to the store and buy your inkjet cartridge when it, replay, when you, when it runs out of ink. So we, one of the businesses we started incubating was a subscription model which basically, now that the printing devices are web-enabled, they're connected to the internet, they all have an IP address, we could determine when that ink cartridge was running low. And if you subscribe to this service, the, the price optic based on our consumer research, we did a lot of ethnography, ethnography research, uh, consumer research, and we learned that the sweet spot from a price point for a subscription model is $5.99 for 100 pages, $9.99 for 500 pages, or I think it was Fourteen ninety nine for a thousand pages, black color, whatever. Huh. It could be full page, it could be whatever density. So we experimented, did a lot of piloting, iterating, learning, and we de- developed an ink subscription model. Where today, if you go and buy a Hewlett Packard printer, you can sub- either buy a, a device that's not on the ink subscription model, or you can buy one that is ink subscription model. And when your ink cartridge runs out, you get a shipment of a new cartridge, you put the old one in the box, you ship it back, your postage free, and you get you pay a monthly service for, and you can carry over your pages. Um, anyway, that, that program was successful. We also did a startup on uh, monetizing coupons. Coupons were kind of the rage, grocery coupons. I don't know mm-hmm. if you get your red plum, you open up the Sunday paper and you've got all these coupons. Mm-hmm. Well, the business model we were looking at is how do you digitize that, make it more of a printing occasion. So in your home computer and your home printer, you can subscribe to a service and around those coupons, you can fine tune those coupons to be personalized to you. Let's say that you've, you liked Kellogg product from a grocery standpoint, or if you like CarQuest auto parts, you could personalize the coupons so they'd be fed to your printer based on your preferences. Uh, so we did that business. That one went for a couple years, but then one of the challenges HP being a large company, they were looking for the startups to be a $30 million business. 
if it didn't bring in 30 million, they'd kill it, wow. right? But the most interesting and fascinating project that I worked on was tablet. This is before Apple had mm. launched the iPad. Back then, again, like I said, HP was going through many headwinds. We were starting to acquire companies to grow versus what I call inorganic growth mm -hmm. versus organic growth. So we were acquiring a lot of different, we acquired Palm. And so Palm had the WebOS operating mm -hmm. system. And our thoughts were to create a seven inch, so we're back incubating a seven inch tablet. E-readers were, were just starting to come out. So grayscale e-readers, mm -hmm. no LCD, no color. And so the team I was on was uh, tasked with developing a seven inch tablet. We did our research, we thought seven inch tablet was the thing to do. We were gonna lean on the WebOS operating system and they had a few apps but again, back then it was, this is 2008, yeah. right? 2009, mm -hmm. apps weren't prevalent. Play Store wasn't around. Apple had just, and they were smart, they figured out how to develop their ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so they did the iPod. That was the first instantiation to start building their ecosystem. Meanwhile, Apple's off working. We don't know what they're up to. HP, we're, we'd actually done a partnership with Apple where we were co-branding the iPod, Hewlett Packard oh. and, and Apple. That lasted for a couple of years. But anyway, we focused on a seven inch tablet form factor, web OS, limited apps, full color LCD, and we were gonna put digital books. But instead of being your grayscale, we were actually gonna have color books, right? Mm -hmm. And again, live video and, and video feeds was not popular and, and broad back then either. And so we started with looking at books, and so I was going to New York every every three weeks, wow. working with publishers and partners there to develop and try and secure content for our devices. Like I said, not much apps existed. And so we were gonna be the first and ever color e-reader tablet, wow. seven inch tablet. We had lined up a go-to-market partner. So we had, back then it was Borders and Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't gonna do the traditional, there was no Amazon either, by the way. So we weren't gonna do the traditional Best Buy. We were looking at Borders or, and this is before Borders folded. Mm -hmm. So Borders and Barnes and Noble, I really got to know the leadership team from uh, both of those organizations very well. And to this day, still keep in touch with uh, those folks. But anyway, we were gonna go to market and launch our seven inch tablet at Barnes and Noble mm -hmm. is where we ended up. And it was gonna be a test across 400 of their stores. By now, we had already invested about three and a half million in the development of the seven inch tablet. We were starting to purchase the in-store displays and the merchandising material. I was starting to train the reps in each of the Barnes & Noble stores. And about three and a half, four months prior to launch, Steve Jobs got up on stage and announced to the world that they had the Apple iPad, 10-inch, uh, full LCD, not only books, but they were going to start doing videos in all the apps that they had in their ecosystem. And we were going to sell our 7-inch webOS. And by that time, we were starting to think about Google. But anyway, we were gonna we were gonna launch that seven inch tablet at eight ninety nine, selling it at Barnes and Noble. Steve Jobs announced the world with a ten inch tablet, full ecosystem with Apple. They were gonna come out at I think it was uh, four nine six ninety nine, and we said, you know what, can't compete. So we killed the project, and it was literally in thirty days we shut down the operation. Holy we laid people cow. off. And we decided this is not a, a market we're going to play in. We didn't have the ecosystem. We were still going back and forth with WebOS. WebOS was not getting much traction in the marketplace. Google was starting to come on strong. And we, we could see through the, the walls that it was going to be, you know, Google and Apple going at it from an ecosystem wow. standpoint. So that product, project got shelved. We did salvage the oh tablet God. and use some of the tablet for the front end of a printer display, but it never saw the light of day as a um, hmm. as a e-reader, first yeah, color yeah. e-reader. So in that you know startup innovation part of hp a lot of uh, like many startups most of them do fail but i learned a lot yeah. uh, developed a lot of relationships so now i'm coming up on 19 20 years with hewlett packard i'm thinking hmm 
I want to get back home. Yeah. And all the whole time throughout my career living in the West Coast, my family, given my mom's presence on Kauai, we would come back every summer, at least twice, twice a year. Mainly for the summer, my wife would, with the kids would stay. And we have a place on Kauai, so we'd come vacation on Kauai. And then all along, we're thinking at some point we are going to re-enter and come back to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Just didn't know when, right? But we said, you know what, let's get the kids through high school and that's the main kind of goal, right? Get yeah. them through high school, maybe even college, and then we'll think about moving back to Hawaii. And at the time, I'm thinking I want to do something else besides working for uh, a large Fortune 500 company and what I call selling boxes, basically, right? That was my job. And I want to try and do something more with the community and, and take my experiences at Hewlett Packard, both startup as well as uh, managing sales function and an education function. And I said, maybe academia is an area I want to look at. And so I started, you know, connecting with folks, I guess it was probably around 2014-ish, 13, 14, I started connecting with folks here in Hawaii that I had, had uh, friends and relationships and kept, uh, kept in touch with. And on my radar was academia. I, I wanted to do something in, in higher ed. And so then I ended up developing a relationship uh, with folks and keeping connected and stumbled upon Chancellor Eric LaCroix and started corresponding with her while I was still at HP. And, you know, at the time, nothing existed, no openings, but I kept in touch, and, and lo and behold, opportunity existed to help bring to life the PCAT brand and kind of drive the Civic Center for Advanced Technology Training and see if we can't really help workforce development and, and bring some of the things that are needed here in Hawaii. So ended up accepting a job with Erica, and, wow. and PCAT's located at Honolulu Community College, and PCAT is being a consortium across the seven campuses is looking at how do we drive workforce development. And I was able to apply a lot of the technology that I learned in my career, but then also early on, as I indicated at HP, we were training high school yeah. you know, yeah. students to get their college degree at the same time they're working. And so I've taken a lot of those best practices and tried to implement them. Uh, here into this job uh, that I'm in now. Been here three and a half years, loving it. There's a lot that are similarities, you know, is me going away and coming back home. It's great coming back. You know, the thing that I missed the most, be, uh, the most being away was not only the local food, the people, but also just the outdoors. I'm a, I'm a water baby, so I, I wake up every morning early and I'm either on a boat, uh, <laughs> uh, kayaking or in the water s- swimming, and that's how I start my day, and it's, it's something I wasn't able to do while I was with Hewlett Packard. Uh, the other thing is there's much more normalcy in the day. At Hewlett Packard, I was on a plane, you know, every wow. other week, not home much. Now, you go to Inter Island, that's, that's, that's my travel. It's great. I can leave in the morning, come back in the evening. So I don't, I don't miss all that travel. But along the journey, it was great because uh, being, you know, Hewlett Packard being a global company, I was able to experience, you know, travel to Europe, Asia, as well as North America and meet, met many connections across the world. And so anyway, that's what got me back. So your kids graduated and then you came back. Yeah, so my daughter graduated college, actually, and then my son graduated high school, and then we moved back. And my daughter, uh, and the other part that's we're blessed is part of the story is my daughter ended up moving back uh, as well. Although she's not born and raised here, but given that we were here every summer, she moved back, and she's married, and her husband works for Hawaiian Airlines as a pilot. And then my son graduated U of H Manoa and is now uh, off to go to flight school and hopefully trying to get back to Hawaii as well. So we set up our roots here in Hawaii. Oh, good. And did you know, like, when you left for Oregon the first time, did you have in your mind that you were going to come back eventually? Yeah, I think, you know, both my wife and I said we're going to raise the kids. One person is going to stay at home. My wife did a tremendous job raising the kids. And we always had in our mind that we wanted to get back. It just a matter of when. And, you know, all the things have to line up. So you've been back for very long. Yeah. December December will be four years. Thank you so much for sharing your time.